Blog Talk Radio. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding. The world is going to know it. We'll rock it like you're never going to see us again. Come on over. Come on over. And a good evening to everyone. It is 11 p.m. And Pure Gold is once again on the air for this Tuesday night, May 27th, 2014. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. Some shows take the weekend off for the, the holiday week, and and some shows like us take four or five weeks off. My name is Joe Vicino, and my co-host, who's dead tired, so we'll get started right away, is David Gomez. Sir, how are you? Wonderful, as always, folks. Make sure to check us out, puregopg.com. Check out our Facebook, Twitter, and all that other mess. Of course, Joe, I don't think you've tweeted in months, but, you know, folks, whatever. It's awesome. It's a great show. You want to be a part of it, 714-364-4721. JB? Thanks, Dave. I know um, we got uh, some negative things to talk about, but that's nothing new. We will just talk about some wrestling. The WWE pay-per-view is coming up, payback. Um, We'll also talk about their major hit in stock, losing a ton of money a couple weeks ago. Uh, so we'll get we'll get into that. We'll talk about the Mets. Their season's over already. I can't believe it, but just want to talk about them briefly since, you know, we're not going to be talking about them in about a month or two. And um, Todd will be joining us to talk about the NFL draft. Was, that was, what, about a month ago, too. So we'll definitely be talking about the NFL draft with him. But, sir, let's let's get started right away. We were to have a, a TNA wrestler, Brittany, um, but unfortunately, we have to reschedule that one. So if anybody's listening and tuning in for, to listen to Brittany from TNA, she will be on next week, next Thursday, right? Believe, sir. Well, I'm working on that right now. Of course, I'll let you know. You know, it'll be on the Facebook and it'll be on the Twitter and all that stuff. So I'll make sure to promote it. Unfortunately, I started a new job recently, and I've been so consumed with working the crazy hours that I have to work now that I have. Yeah, I dropped the ball, basically. Normally, you know, when our guests come on, there's a lot of promotion, there's a lot of tweeting, there's a lot of everything, and this time, the first time, you know, it just wasn't it wasn't the case, and, and again, I dropped the ball, and, you know, I've, I'm reaching out to them, you know, doing a little damage control, as it were, and hopefully we'll be able to have her on the program soon, if not next week. I'm also working on another guest, which would be, a, you know, comedian Carrie Pomeroli, who's hilarious, and she's actually married to another comedian, Romney Gehe, both of them very funny people, so hopefully we'll have them both on the show next week so that it'll be a more positive and uplifting program versus what Joe has planned for us this evening. <laughs> yeah, and I must say that, you know, having Brittany on will be a first for PG. We will have our first active wrestler. I guess we can't really consider Road Dog and Billy Gunn uh, active no. wrestlers because they, were, they weren't <laughs> they active at count. the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were acting like wrestlers. That's about all they were doing. I mean, yeah. And I tell you, we always say this, but I, I, we have to take credit. Those guys are where they are because of us and no other reason. So Road Dog Billy were waiting for our check to come in the mail. Yeah, I'm still waiting, actually. So let's, why don't we just talk about wrestling? Let's uh, talk about not the actual product itself. Let's talk for, about the fact that, um, which really surprises me, sir, is the fact that you know Vince McMahon had a uh, press conference about their quarterly report, their quarterly performance report. And what stunned me more than anything is the fact that only 700 subscribers have, have uh, bought into the WWE 700, Network. 000? Uh, not 700, sir. No, 700,000. 
Yeah. I mean, that that number shocks me where I would have thought that, like, maybe, like, two and a half to three million people would have bought it. Just for the fact that you get the pay-per-views for $10 a month, I thought that that alone would have sold the WWE Network. Um, so when Vince lost about $360 million in one day, needless to say, he became grumpy, and um, the product has really suffered lately. We'll get into that. But, sir, how about the fact that, you know, Vince is considered a billionaire one week, a day later after he reports his performance, uh, they lose $360 million. He's no longer part of the billionaires club. Um, is it shocking to you? Um, honestly, shocking is not the word. I mean, he lost so much money that there's talk about one of the minority partners or a partner who's bought into the company of getting him out, which would be insane. Imagine Vince being booted out of his own company because he decided to go, you know, public with it, and now he's responsible to other people. I mean, that would be nuts, sir. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, obviously you don't want to see Vince out on the street, you know, begging for bread or anything like that, but <laughs> the truth is that when you lose a third of a billion, a third of a billion dollars in one day, Heads are going to roll, and you know what? I've enjoyed the programming recently, you know, more so than for a long time. But, you know, the product is, it is what it is. It's not exciting. It's not groundbreaking. It's not this amazing, wow, man, I can't wait. I have to watch Raw every week. I mean, I end up watching it Tuesday before the show, or, you know, when I, was, when I wasn't working at the time, I'd watch it during the day, and now I'm watching it a little bit here, a little bit there. I watched the whole program last night. I skipped through some of it. And, you know, there were some good points to the show, but the truth is it's not something, it's not must-watch television. There was a time where Raw was must-see, and, you know, of course, we're talking about the Attitude Era, but even in the early 2000s, and that's not the case anymore. So the truth is that when you look at this product, something is going to have to change. Yeah, Daniel Bryan getting the title was amazing. Um, you know, he's a, he was a great talent, is a great talent. You know, he's got the injury going on, et cetera, et cetera. Not sure where they're going, but saying all that to say this, you're in charge of a company, you have stock in that company, you're, you're a partner in the company, so to speak, and the head loses <coughs> a third of a billion, something's wrong there and something's going to happen. So, you know, we're going to have to see what happens in, in this story, sir, with Vince. I mean, this may be what, what gets Vince out of the WWE, not old age and, you know, not his death or not a limousine exploding. So tell me how the road to WrestleMania, I mean, they pretty much hyped up the WWE Network from February um, when it got launched. And they just used the WrestleMania as a platform to actually sell the network. Can you explain to me what do you think it's just lack of advertising, lack of communication, or the fact that the product is so bad that people don't even care about the nostalgic end of it, and they don't need the WWE network anymore? And and this is a sign of maybe the beginning of the end for the WWE. Well, I don't know if it's a sign of the beginning of the end. I mean, the ratings still do well. You know, the the, the thing that I think killed them is the deal that they signed with USA. Now, I don't have the particulars and the numbers per se, but I do remember reading that there was talk of it being this humongous, this enormous deal. They were going to get triple what they were making, and they didn't. It came in a lot less than what they thought they were going to get money-wise, and they're staying with USA for you know however many years. But the fact is I think that hurt it because there was investments. You know, uh, Motley Fool, all these people were saying that this was going to be a huge thing for the WWE, and it turns out that it wasn't. It turns out the TV deal was a huge letdown, and that may have been a big thing also. And on top of everything else, you have your WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Daniel Bryan, like you mentioned, is out, had a neck operation. Um, the whole fact that they haven't really taken the title off of him is, to me, a little bit puzzling. They're now playing the angle that at the pay-per-view, uh, Stephanie has forced, and it's way of like, you know, I guess playing my games with Daniel Bryan. They want him to surrender the title as opposed to stripping of the title because that will make him a martyr or whatever they want to call that. Um, so now they're putting um, 
what his wife's uh, career on the line. Is it Brie? I forget which is his wife's name. Is it Brie? Yeah, yeah Brie. Yeah, so they're putting, they're putting her career on the line, and, you know, basically Brian has to surrender his title on Sunday at the pay-per-view. Um, sir, on top of all the fact that, you know, the WWE lost that much money, the product is pretty stale, now your, your, your world heavyweight champion is injured, and the fact that the title's in limbo, there's a pay-per-view this Sunday. I, I think without the WWE Network, without those people that are already bought into the the product and have the pay-per-view bought because you have to buy six months in advance, I think this pay-per-view from top to bottom is probably one of the worst put-together pay-per-views uh, in recent history. <laughs> you're you're so negative. Do you ever have anything positive to say about the about the business? I mean, do you ever have anything no. positive to say about the company? Can you tell me that? No, today's all, all negative today because I know you got to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I'm looking forward to Cesaro Sheamus. I think although that, that seemed like it came out of nowhere. I could be wrong. Um, I'd like to see that title match. I think it's going to be brutal. I think it's going to be physical. I think that's a good thing. Uh, the Shield against Evolution should be interesting. Um, side note, I, I thought Cody Rhodes was great last night, great performance in the ring, and I thought his comments, you know, RK Blow and, uh, what is it, uh, Skinny Jeans, uh, Reject, what, what do you say? The Skinny Jeans, something to that effect. Um, Skinny Jeans, Reject, I don't know what it was, but, you know, he really ripped them. You know, I think Cody has a lot of talent, and hopefully he'll do something with himself, which probably means that he'll get future endeavor next week. But, you know, again, I see stuff like Barry White and Cena. I actually think that's going to be a good match. I think White should win. He probably won't. But the last man standing scene would be great if he did win. I think Bray is, is a unique talent, and I think that he's going to go far in this industry. And feuding with Cena for all these months is only a good thing for him. I know you, you, don't, you think there's no point to this feud, but I think it's evolved nicely. And I think, you know, doing this for several months is only going to help him, sir. Well, I, I, I do like the fact that the, the U.S. title and the Intercontinental title is being defended on a pay-per-view. That's a good thing. I, I You know, I thought Cesaro was, was made for the Intercontinental title, that tournament that took place last month. He wasn't, so maybe he might be taking the strap off of Sheamus um, really soon, and maybe this pay-per-view coming up. Um, I, I'll give you that match is, is pretty good, but, um, you know, even... Uh, Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go negative on this. With John Cena versus Bray Wyatt, last man standing. If Bray Wyatt doesn't win this match again, this doesn't really um, help the feud along. I think John Cena needs to lose like a series of matches to Bray Wyatt so much that he gets he starts doubting himself, almost like when he doubted himself against a Rock. And maybe then and only then will we be able to start seeing a a, a different type of Cena, not Super Cena or Superman Cena. Um, other than the other than the fact that these guys put on a good match last last month, I think this last man standing again. Unless Bray Wyatt wins the match, I, I don't see the point of it, sir. Um, so if Cena does win, I mean, is this feud over, or does it just keep continuing until like you know next WrestleMania or something? <laughs> Hopefully it'll, it'll continue until WrestleMania 40, sir. You know, I, I think that that's that's what we're going for here. Um, I love how you, you managed to say the same exact thing two different ways, Super Cena or Superman Cena. Well, they kind of mean the same thing. Um, same thing. Yeah, I mean, Cena probably will win, but I think he should lose. And again, I found this view to be entertaining because Bray finds a way to say the same thing over and over again, but differently. I just think the kid is talented. I think that the kid, I think that he's got what it takes to be, you know, to be interesting in this business. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, main eventer for years to come, but I think he's that, he's good. He's damn good. And I believe that his style of interview is so unique, and the way that he speaks, the the cadence of his voice, it's all interesting. He makes for an interesting listen, and, you know, Cena doesn't. 
That's a fact, but he, he's good, sir. Um, you know, again, I think that this is an interesting cue. We'll see, kind of see where it goes. Um, let me ask you this much. Do you, this, is a, this is back to the Cesaro-Sheamus thing. Do you think yeah. that sticking Cesaro with Paul Heyman was a bad thing? Because to me, I get the, I think the whole buildup is probably going to be Cesaro and Lesnar at some point. But this whole, you know, my client Brock Lesnar thing, I mean, WrestleMania was two months ago, and Heyman says this every week, almost ad nauseum. Is that hurting Cesaro, or is it just, well, he's getting more exposure, so it is what it is? I think it's a, I think it's the latter. I think it is what it is. Uh, I really don't think Cesaro. I mean, where Cesaro really excels is in the ring. I don't want to compare him to Chris Benoit, but I think that his mic skills need to be worked on a little bit more. So I think sticking him with Paul Heyman is not a bad idea, sir. Um, do you, I mean, do you think that he's ready? Would he be able to go on his own? Do you think the mic skills are there for him, or do you think that you know sticking with Paul Heyman was no, the right choice? I, I agree. With you. I don't think the mic skills are there. Um, I just think he's such a great talent that, you know, you mentioned Chris Benoit, and yeah, I mean, obviously it's always a sore, a sore note, but the truth of the matter is that he was able to get over on nothing but talent. The fans love this guy simply because of his talent and nothing else. He couldn't talk on the mic. He was terrible. But in the ring, he was better than just about anybody else who ever set foot, you know, in, in a wrestling ring inside the squared circle. So Cesaro has you know, legendary ability, let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, I'm also, I'm just, not to take anything away from what you're saying, but I think that um, Cesaro might be one of those guys, again, he might win a Money in the Bank match and have a, a Money in the Bank title shot coming up. Um, so I, I, I'm not too sure where they're going because, again, I thought he was going to win the Intercontinental Tournament and win the title. He didn't, so it, it'd be interesting to see where they go with him. Um, and I guess the main event is, again, the Shield versus... Evolution in a no holds barred match, elimination match. I I think that they're gonna this this feud will carry on past this pay per view until they fight in a elimination um, until they fight in, in a hell in a cell. I'm guessing is the next pay per view. Is is that true? The next pay per view is hell in a cell. Um, uh, no, the I'm next sure. pay per view the pay this is, is payback, and then I think next week next time is Money in the Bank. Oh, it's Money in the Bank. Okay, so yeah, hell in the cell is in October. What, what, are, what are you smoking? Are you I mean, is something wrong with you that this is what you're talking about, sir? I just, I just don't understand it. And as a matter of fact, I think, you know, the way that you've been acting today, the way that this whole thing has gone, this is the only way to explain it. Stop smoking the Woody Johnson quick pipe! We'll definitely get to the Jets later on. <laughs> I was saying. Um, maybe I'm being negative again, but you could, you could call me out on it, sir. I, I don't understand the feud between... Uh, evolution and and the shield. I mean, they fight every week, uh, and you know one team gets the better of the other, and then sometimes the other team gets the better of the other. So I don't tell me, tell me why I should be really juiced about this match when last last month at their pay per view we saw the shield beat Evolution. What what makes you so excited about this? The fact that it's an elimination match. Yeah, the fact that it's an elimination match makes it more interesting immediately. And the fact that, you know, these guys do have chemistry together. I mean, this this impromptu reunion of evolution is kind of eh to me. You know, no flair, but he's still a lot smaller than he, you know, he used to be. Oh, Triple H would say he's got big legs. I don't know where the hell that came from. You know, Orton, you know how I feel about him. I just think that you, you have an Ambrose Rollins and Reigns guys who could be the future of this company. And I think that it's a good thing that they're pairing them with, you know, three legendary main eventers, three guys who have 40-something title reigns between them. And, you know, they're going to go down in history. You look at the Shield, you know, these guys are good. If you look at Evolution, these are three, and you count for four of the greatest superstars of all time, which sadly 
you have to throw Orton in there, but you can't discount the fact that he's had so many different title yep. runs there. So, the, 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 obviously, David Bryan can't defend the title, and the title's in limbo. Do we finally, 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 finally see Daniel Bryan surrender the title at the pay-per-view, or do you think that's, this title just stays in limbo until he recovers and is able to defend? I think there's a possibility the title stays in limbo, but, you know, I, I don't believe that him getting injured... I don't think him getting injured when and when he, you know when and where he got injured and how he got injured really helps any of the situation. You know he was in the middle of a lame feud with Kane, but he was in a feud, you know, for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So I think they probably take it off him and then you know maybe Triple H gets it. I just don't see who you could put the title on right now that would make sense to so that a ready-made feud for Daniel Bryan when he comes back, other than Triple H, sir. Yeah, it's true. So, the, again, the pay-per-view is a pay-per-view that I wouldn't be buying, but since I'm already locked into the WWE Network, I will be watching this Sunday night. Um, other notes, I guess the, they fired Brad Maddox, the general manager of, of Raw last night. I didn't even know he was still the general manager until last night, to be honest with you. So, to well, me, that's neither here nor there. I mean, how, how often is Brad Maddox ever on the show? The problem is you have all these heel authority figures. Yeah, Kane is back to being, you know, Kane, but you have, yeah. you have Maddox... You have uh, Triple H, you have Stephanie, you know, three heel authority figures with the zero face authority figures, and at one point there was four of them when Kane yeah. was, the, you know, the corporate guy. So, you know, how, how do you even, and then you had Vicky Guerrero and all that stuff, you know, appearing sometimes. How do you keep track of that? The truth is you need a face authority figure, and the whole, the authority angle is horrible. It's McMahon, the McMahon-Helmsley faction replayed 15 years after its relevance, and you know what the truth is? Stephanie and all the McMahons, for the most part, including Vince, they're good when in small doses. When you have to see that person every single week, when you have to see them talk, when you have to, you know, see them, you know, especially Stephanie with the screeching voice and everything else, it becomes tedious and it becomes monotonous and it becomes, you know what, I don't find this interesting anymore. And that's the problem that we have here, sir. That's the problem. So while we, there's a problem with the product, as always, there's now a problem financially. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the company going forward. That's your your wrestling topic for today, uh, abbreviated because again, we were to have Brittany on this week. We're working on her for next week from TNA. Um, and the one last topic that I want to talk with you, sir, before I actually talk uh, NFL draft with Todd, who'll be calling in shortly, is the fact that, sir, once again, as a Long-time suffering Mets fan. It's the month of May. We're still on May 27th. And the Mets, I guess what they did was they, they saw that there was no pure gold episodes the last three weeks. So they decided to tank it. And now, you know, they've gotten so bad that they actually fired their hitting coach uh, a day or two ago. And, um, you know, because firing the hitting coach is going to be the solution to the Mets problems. Right now, sir, just like every other year in the last couple of years, the Mets season has ended before it started. And it's just, um, there's no positive, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You can't even tell me that Harvey coming back next year is that light at the end of the tunnel anymore. This team sucks offensively. Their pitching is blah right now. It's just it's just a sad state of affairs. I agree. It's, it's What's crazy to me is that you have this team, right? And they're, like, it's May, sir. It's It's still May. And, you know, we're already talking about the season being over. Like, how is that possible? How do you have a team that's so bad that the firing the hitting coach is the biggest thing? And, of course, Dave Hudgens got into the hole. It's the fans' fault and the fans' this and the fans' that, which just, you know, sounds like typical, 
Matt Garbage, but, you know, he's basically blaming the Wilpons and blaming, uh, you know, the fans and laying no blame at uh, Sandy Alderson's feet, which just, of course, doesn't surprise me. But when you look at this this team, when you look at, you know, the way that it's constructed, when you look at the way that the Mets have put everything together, their, their lack of talent, their lack of offense, it's just frightening. And I know they ended up winning today, but their lack of offense is frightening, sir. And when you look at the team, they haven't done anything right, you know. Honestly, this team has done nothing right. And if that's the case, then how do you go from there? Where are you going to go? You know, again, when you have your hitting coach, former hitting coach, blaming the fans because they're booing, and their booing is throwing off the players, and the players are so much better at home. I mean, are you are you kidding me? Are we really is, – is this a society that we live in where, where athletes can't take a little booing? I mean, are you supposed to cheer a team when they do bad, when they do nothing but lose, when they do nothing but embarrass themselves and humiliate you and pretty much lose every week? I mean, the Mets have been losing like crazy, so we're supposed to cheer this? I've always thought fans who, who get annoyed with other fans booing are ridiculous and, you know, they, they just upset me to no end. But you're going to tell me that if you have a team, right, and your team loses every week, looks like they're not even trying, you know, guys aren't hitting, you're paying millions of dollars to X amount of people, nobody's doing anything, you know, David Wright's not producing, you know, Captain Wright, Captain America, the face of MLB, whatever you want to call him, I mean, you know, you look at his stats, they're not good. He's, he's supposed to be the face of this franchise, right? His stats are terrible. You know, absolutely terrible. The Mets are in love with the the Mets fans are in love with Juan Lagares, which is good. He's a nice little player. You know, they make it seem like he's the second coming of Willie Mays, which I don't understand. But you know, when you look at David Wright, he's got three homers, twenty RBI, three home runs. We're at the end of May. Today's the twenty seventh. There's there's four months left in the season. A third of the season has gone by, and David Wright has three home runs. Are you kidding me? How is this even possible? You know, Granderson, I believe, has six home runs, which is more than anybody else. He's at two twelve. You know, providing no protection for right due to stinks. And this is just a bad team overall. Point being that, and due to batting, you know, 236, wow, what, what, you know, six homers, 20 yards, 236. That, that, that's amazing. That's friggin' amazing. But the point is, sir, that you have this team and you have these terrible results. What are fans supposed to do? Are fans supposed to be happy about this? Are fans supposed to be excited about this? Are fans supposed to say, man, this is great, it's awesome, I'm so excited? No, of course not. But that's what the Mets want you to feel. The Mets want you to love the fact that their team stinks. You know, this guy's blaming Keith Hernandez. He's blaming everyone but the general manager. Who put this team together? Are the fans the ones picking the players, too, that aren't producing? Come on. I mean, this is ridiculous. Honestly, this is absolutely, utterly ridiculous, sir. I I mean, I can't agree with you more. The Mets, um, again, you mentioned Dave Wright. Um, and, you know, we could say to an extent maybe he has no protection, but he's just having a terrible year. Um, I, I don't think – I don't know why his power is gone. I don't know if it's psychological where, you know, the Mets can't hit home runs. The, the Mets just can't play well in their own ballpark. And that, that right there is just a telling sign of just a, a bad team all around because you're supposed to at least win your home games, at least win two out of three of your home games every series. The Mets seem to be the better road – seem to be a better road team last year and this year. And I think that the the Mets, uh, when the Mets lost their first game to the Yankees at City Field, because they took the first two games at Yankee Stadium, I think that when yeah, they, they lost they that, killed, that and then they had, you know they were in a band box, so they hit. Yeah, I, I just think that the, psychologically they 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 can't play in that field now, and I just think that the, the 
basically they're just a bunch of bad baseball players. They're all minor league baseball players for the most part. I mean, Daniel Murphy wouldn't start on most teams. Uh, Duda definitely wouldn't start on most teams. The only people that you're talking about is Curtis Granson. His batting average is pretty bad right now, and they're right, and they're right. I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I don't think Dave Wright is is going to be in the Hall of Fame if he keeps this up. I mean, sir, his stats have gone down dramatically the last couple of years. I think he's really hurt himself. And I know he's probably has a no trade clause, and they just signed him to a seven year contract. But if I'm Dave Wright, I, I mean, I'd really listen and entertain any offer to get me off this team right now if I want to win a championship in my career and not just be in this eternal hell known as the New York Mets. Yeah, I agree, sir. I absolutely agree. Um, you know, I don't know. This is crazy, sir. The truth of the matter is that the truth of the matter is that this team is it's a joke. It's a joke. The team stinks. The organization stinks. The management company stinks. Everything stinks. It's just bad baseball, bad business. Everything is bad, bad, bad. And there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Honestly, you know, there's there's no light at the end of the tunnel, and that yeah. ultimately is what it boils down to. And the, I guess the worst part is that, like, we could always say there's always next year, but guess what, sir? Uh, Harvey will be back next year, and the Mets pitching might be a little bit better, but unless they're going to sign some big-time free agents or make some major moves, major trades, and unfortunately I think that Terry Collins might be fired before the end of this year. I just think that he's lost it. He's mentally frustrated. He's, you could just see it in the press conferences. You could just see it in the way he talks. I, I think that he's pretty much done. He's checked out. Um, so I don't know who manages the team. Maybe Wally Backman comes in and just, um, you know, fans might like that for a couple of weeks, you know, have him being the manager. But, you know, you can put um, any manager you want on this team and manage this team. This team is, isn't going to win more than 65 to 75 games. And for them to, to actually advertise the fact that they were going to go out and win 90 games this year with this team is an utter joke. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They're going to lose 90 games at least. Yep. So – We'll definitely be able to talk more wrestling, more um, more baseball. I don't think we'll be talking much. Actually, we'll be probably won't be talking about much about baseball unless it's other than the Mets because, like, it's just dreadful that it's May 27th, the season's over. Um, so we, we need to shift gears, and I know that DG uh, probably wants to sign off, but he probably wants to rip Todd right before he goes. So um, <laughs> joining us now is Todd talking the NFL, some NFL draft that happened a couple weeks ago. So, uh, Dave, before... We let you go. Any uh, parting words for me or Todd? Uh, no. Have a good show, boys. Uh, I got to go. Uh, Todd, you're fired. See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> nothing changes, Todd, huh? No, nothing ever changes. That's why I love the show so much, because it's, it's consistent. <laughs> the Mets suck, and uh, you know Dave hates us, so, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> so Welcome back to Pure Gold, sir. How have you been? I am doing fantastic. You know, just to uh, to cap the whole mess thing, you know, I heard uh, I heard the uh, the interview with Sandy today on uh, <laughs> on the Michael K show on ESPN, yeah. and boy, oh right. boy, that guy just knows how to stick his foot in his mouth better than anybody I've ever heard. That guy <laughs> is horrendous. We thought Omar Manai was bad. This guy is just as bad, huh? Well, at least this guy is eloquent. He just it's just not smart. That's <laughs> <laughs> not smart. <laughs> so, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I thought you were going to say something. So let's let's uh, let's shift gears and talk about the NFL draft. Let's start with the local teams. And um, 
because we're Jet fans and Dave's not on the phone anymore or on the on the show, let's talk about our beloved New York Jets. I think they had a really good draft, but I want to get into particulars with you. What did you like uh, most about the Jets draft uh, this past uh, couple weeks ago? Well, I'll tell you, people that I was talking to pre-draft, you know, everybody wants to know from a Jet fan or from an NFL fan in general. They always want to know, what do you want? What do you want your team to go out and get? Now, the thing that I really wanted was a safety. Now, what people kept saying to me was, ah, safeties are a dime a dozen. Well, if that's true, then how come it's so hard to find a good one? You know what I mean? Yep. Outside of having uh, LeRon Landry, who was fantastic for us, I mean, the guy went out and just laid the wood to people. I mean, outside of him, I mean, you go back to maybe like Kerry Rhodes, his first season. But, I mean, this, the Jets haven't had a really good, hard-hitting, and I hate to use the word enforcer because that's what, that's what Rex was saying, but, I mean, a guy who is going to go out there and is going to put the wood to the guys going over the middle. Yep. I mean, we need somebody who's, who's going to put Gronk on his, on his behind a couple of times. You know what I mean? We need a guy who's going to be able to take out a big tight end going over across the middle. And I think that this guy can do that. Well, I hope so, anyway. Yeah, Based on right. the film that I see on him, anyway. Yeah. And what you think about tight ends? I mean, this, this tight end that they drafted, too. I thought that the, everybody knew we needed a tight end again because we've got to have a, a safety net for our quarterback, regardless of who it's going to be. You've got to have a, a bigger guy going over the middle is, is best. And I yeah. thought it was a great draft pick. And then we also drafted a cornerback. Whatever. <laughs> um, I, know, I thought that some I mean, we addressed all the needs in the draft you know on paper anyway but it's 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 hard to say you know oh, this guy's going to be great this this guy's going to fit in well into the system i mean we had the first day of otas i mean it, it's impossible to say right now i mean all you can do is just hope and dream and that's what the best part of this time of year is it's the hoping and the dreaming um we it need is. corners. We definitely yep. need corners. There's no doubt yep. about that. Uh, the wide receivers that we drafted, you know, maybe some guys can work out, maybe not. You know, I, the big news today, I don't know if you uh, heard on Twitter about Chris Johnson, what he's been saying. No, what happened? He, oh, Chris Johnson has been hard campaigning for Andre Johnson. Oh, wow. Okay. So I is think he a free agent by chance? Uh, he wants to get released. Oh, he wants to get released. Okay. Yeah, she does not want to pay play for the Texans. She wants to play for a winner. <laughs> yeah, come to the Jets, buddy. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> why not? <laughs> do you think that um, what you call it? Do you think that the Jets are done ma- making any moves before the? I mean, obviously there might be a signing here and there based on injury, but do you think that the Jets are done making um, their moves for this year? No, I don't think they're done. I don't think they're done. I think that uh, you're going to see uh, moves all the way up until maybe the second day of, or second week of camp. But I think that you're going to see more to come very shortly. You know, I mean, they'll do some assessment after OTAs. You know, I mean, and uh, in the time leading up to right before training camp. But I, I think that you're definitely going to see some moves soon. Well, good. I think do you, you might think see it, it, you'll get a. I think you might see us get a, a wide receiver. I think you might see a couple of uh, corners out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm I'm really happy with where we're at as far as the squad. But the, the, you know, I say this every year because I, I'm concerned about it every year. But the thing that really always bothers me is that at some point in time, you're going to have to replace the center. 
at some point in time, you're going to have to replace that left tackle. Yep. I mean, and these guys have been, they have played like Jets their entire careers for us. And I just wish that we could reward them with at least an AFC championship. I, yeah. And they came yep. so close twice. Yeah, I yep. would really like to see them get at least an AFC championship and an appearance in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean, they've earned it. Definitely. Um, do you do you see the? Um, I mean, I didn't follow Idzig when he was on the Seahawks, but I know his strategy was they really did stockpile a lot of draft picks, and they pretty much kept uh, their cap was really low because they had a bunch of people that they drafted. Do you think this? Um, do you think Idzig is following the same pattern that he did with the Seahawks now with the Jets? I do. I think that by stockpiling as many draft picks as he can, it gives him the ability to be uh, flexible. I mean, right. it gives them the ability to to do a lot in the draft. Now, granted, that kind of that kind of, uh, of of management style and draft style takes you know a little bit of time to you know really make it uh, really make it pay dividends. You know, when you look at you know a model like the Patriots, where they do where they have done the exact same thing, where they stockpile picks and they use those picks to their advantage every year. You know, I, I think that it's a great business model, but you know, for the Jet fan who wants something to happen now, 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 which a lot of Jet fans are, that's not going to be the case. You know what I mean? I, I hope that Itzig has enough time to actually make it work. I hope that there's enough success of the team that he gets a chance to make that work. I do, too. Um Let's just talk about the other team because, um, you know, we do share a stadium with the Giants. Let's let our Giant uh, fans, our listeners, just hear what your thoughts on uh, their draft. Well, I mean, taking a, a center was, was definitely something that they needed. Um, it wasn't a bad pick. It was a fine pick. But I'll tell you what really did surprise me was that they just have this revolving door in their receiving core. I mean, they just they bring guys in and they shuttle them out and they they did it again this year. They drafted wide receivers and it's not what they need. They don't need wide receivers. They need linemen. They you know do. I mean, you got to give Eli a chance to throw the football. He yep. can't be running for his life back there. I mean, he's let's be perfectly honest. He's not exactly quarterback of the Seahawks. <laughs> you know I mean, he's not going to be moving around and running around and evading. You know, I mean that that was one play in the Super Bowl for God's sake. Yeah. Um, and that's all about the Giants. That's all we have to talk about the Giants. Because so. <laughs> they sound the phone. So. I, I will say this. The one thing that really has, has irritated me, you know, just like every other foolish fan, you know, I always go out and I read the uh, draft grades. I want to know how, uh, you know, what the pundits think, you know, how did they do. And I have to say, it is just sickening the amount of butt-kissing that goes on with Tom Coughlin. I mean, the, the draft grades that I saw, which were very high draft grades, I, I, they don't even back it up. They're just like, Coughlin knows what he's doing. Jerry Reese knows what he's doing. They have a tradition of winning. It's like, so what? Right. What did they do that they deserved that draft grade? Nothing. They didn't. Bucky Books gave them an A-. minus For what? For not <laughs> drafting linemen that they need? Yeah. Sickening. Sickening. Um, so, besides the, the Jets and Giants, did you feel that any other team? Let's let's talk about the positive. Do you think any other team uh, had a really good draft? Like, who would you give an A plus to uh, for their draft? 
I don't know if I would give any A pluses out there. I thought the Vikings had a really good draft. I would definitely give them an, uh, an A or an A minus. I thought Carolina did very well, and I really thought Arizona did well. I think Arizona is definitely going to be a force to be contended with. I think that that is an right. up and coming team. I think that that that, uh, that NFC West is definitely going to be the division to watch in football for the next couple of years. Plus, I mean, we'll also see what happens with the Seahawks. I mean. If you watched if you watched any Seahawks football last year, I mean you saw I mean yeah, they have a fantastic defense. Their running game was was really, really good. But what they couldn't do was they could not protect Russell Wilson. The guy was running around like a madman in the backfield all the time. And we took right. Gino Giacomini off that line and put him made him a jet. I, I think that, that that their line is gonna be worse. I think they're gonna play just as good a defense. I don't think that that's gonna be a problem at all. I'm sure they'll be able to run the football as effectively. But their passing game is definitely going to struggle. It's definitely going to struggle. It is, it is not going to be the same team that you saw win the Super Bowl. That's for damn sure. The 49ers, I mean, what's his name? Uh, Colin Kaepernick, he wants more money for, the, for his style of football that he's playing. I mean, he's a, he's a good quarterback. I mean, he showed that he can throw the football. He doesn't just have to run every time. But he's an immature quarterback. If he can mature into his role, they're a team that can, that can last for a while too. But – I really like what Arizona is building out there. They're building themselves hell of a team. Hell of a team. Anybody on the AFC side that um, you could tell us that is going to like, you know, um, shake? Uh, you think that the Colts have made the progression to to become one of those elite teams in the AFC, or do you think that they take a step backwards? I think they're a team that is. Uh, I think they're a medium-sized fish in a small pond. I mean, their division is bad. They're going to yeah. play against those teams, and they're going to be made to look a lot better than they actually are. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not taking anything away from Andrew Luck. I think he's a phenomenal talent. But I just don't think that the rest of the team is that good. Um, they play mediocre defense. They don't really run the ball that well. They're relying on Luck to go out there and make plays. Uh, so what can I say? The division is terrible. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, it's almost as bad as the AFC East. You right. have one one big fish and then a bunch of little fish that are fighting for the scraps. Yep. Is this uh, Peyton Manning's last hurrah this year? Do you think this is it? Is yeah, it all I think or nothing? so. I think yeah. so. I think it's all or nothing this year. And the Broncos too. They they had a good draft too. I think that they are definitely drafting to try and get one more Super Bowl. You know, the, yeah, the team that they put that. together yeah. the. The moves that they made in free agency, it's a win-now team. I hate using those NFL cliches, but that's exactly what it is. It's a win-now team. So, yeah, yeah. I'm very and, curious um, to see the, the uh, Cleveland Browns, though. And it has nothing to do with Johnny Lansdale. I'm just very say, curious to see how our old, uh, our old defensive <laughs> coordinator can do out there. Yeah, I, I'd be interested, too. Um, and, yeah, you're right, not just because J- uh, Johnny Manziel, just the fact that uh, our defensive corners out there, so. quarterback than he was the year before. He has yep. come out of his shell. He's not 
end of the bench by himself towel over his head guy anymore. You know what I mean? And that seemed to make all the difference in the world with his chemistry with his receivers. Uh, if they can keep their running backs healthy and run the football and play that fantastic style of defense that they played last year, I think they can easily win that division. I mean, because that division, too, is kind of up for grass. I mean, Matt Ryan and the Falcons just can't seem to get it done. The Saints are so hot and cold. What about the Packers, by the way? What do you think about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? You know, I watched a few games last year, and they're certainly not going to win that division. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I think that they're a great great team, or were a great team, I should say. I... I just I don't see them being a team that anybody in that division fears. I mean, I think the Bears are up and coming. The Vikings, I think, are going to be a much better team this year. I mean, it's not going to be the Packers division to just run away with. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, now that we and it pains me to say that too. It pains me. Yeah, I I feel it. I feel it. Now that we have you back for. Um, occasional shows, uh, it would be great to definitely catch up with you um, and great definitely breaking down some NFL tonight. Uh, but before I let you go, um, and, you know, because me and you are both long-term, long-time, you know, Jet and Met fans and uh, for the most part suffering Jet fans, except for a couple of years here and there, you're, you're, I'm going to give you props to your team even though they didn't win tonight and I'm not a big Ranger fan, as, as you know. Uh, but, you know, the Rangers are um, pleasantly playing well for you and for all the Ranger fans, so they're still one game away from the finals, and, you know, it's going to be the 20-year anniversary of them winning the Cup. Um, the West right now is a little bit, I think, a little bit more, um, they're just a little bit better. The teams are the Kings and the, the Blackhawks, but the, the, the Rangers right now are playing really well. They're going to go back home up 3-2, closing out the series against Montreal, um, not tomorrow night, but Thursday night. So, um, any thoughts? I mean, I'm sure that when you watch a Ranger game, I know you've told me stories off the air about, you know, you going to, your, going to a game with your dad, um, having two beers, one beer to throw and one beer to drink. So, um, any, any, <laughs> the blue any, heaven. any, yeah, any, um, any thoughts on just the NHL playoffs and the Rangers itself are, it, it must bring like a, um, not a tear to your eye, but it must, it must make you feel good. It must make you think of your dad when you see the Rangers playing so well. It does. It does. Uh, it does make me think of my father. It makes me think of how he uh, how he turned coat and abandoned his team and became a devil fan. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it reminds me of. Oh wow! The old man became a devil fan. As soon as New Jersey got a team, the old man became a devil fan. He jumped ship I'm on it. <laughs> um, I think that the Rangers. Uh, I, I'll tell you, at the beginning of the season, I thought that the season was going to be a loss. They just looked lost at the beginning of the season. They just looked completely inept. And uh, I I don't want to say that the St. Louis trade made all the difference, but it has made a difference. Um, Tonight's game was exciting. It was disappointing. Uh, Not very often do you see hockey scoring that high. (laughs) But both teams, you know, I mean, they won a game. Uh, I think the Rangers will win this series. I think they'll win it in the next game. Uh, but I do think the Kings will take them in five. I think okay. the LA Kings are just a far superior team. They are fantastically fun to watch. They definitely are. And there's nothing like playoff hockey. I mean, 
you know, playoff uh, NFL playoffs are good, but just the action from you know from beginning to end in a hockey game, and then when you even get to overtime hockey when there's no commercial break, I just think that there's right. nothing compared to it. So I, I love playoff hockey. Really do. Disappointing to see the Rangers lose in, in overtime in like two minutes. <laughs> it was over so fast. <laughs> All, right. All right. But the positive is that they're going to be up 3 2 going home to Madison Square Garden, so they should be able to close it out, I think. Being objective as I am, I think that they really played well at home. Um, I, you know, with Lundquist in goal and the fact that the, the Canadians don't have their starting goalie, uh, Price. I know this, this goalie has been decent at times, but, you know, he did give up another four tonight. So I just, you know, Lundqvist just didn't have it tonight. They pulled him, which I think was probably a good idea just to give him a break, mental break, and then hopefully they'll be able to close it out and we'll have a L.A. versus New York finals, which would be exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I I can't root for the Rangers because I'm an honor fan, but I, I'd love to see like a six or seven game series. I know that right now the Kings, like you said, are playing really well and you think it'd be in five, but I'm all for like a great six game, seven game series, especially for the Cup. I think the Cup is the best trophy in all of the four sports because of the tradition of the fact that you have your name on it. So, you know, I, I want the hockey season to last as much as I can, not only for that, just because I love hockey, but just for the fact that, like I was talking to Dave early on the show, is that the fact that the Mets season, it's May 27th, and I feel like the season's over again. I mean, as a Mets fan, there's not much to look forward to, so I need to keep to make sure this hockey season lasts as much as possible. There you go. Root for your city. You don't have to root for the Rangers. Root for your city. There you go. So, um, you know, like I said, we'll we'll definitely keep in touch, Todd, and I definitely appreciate your take on the NFL draft, talking some hockey too. But, um, you know, whenever we can and whenever you can, we'll definitely love to have you back on the show a little bit more regularly. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, Dave. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Wait, I think Dave, <laughs> hold on a second. I'm looking for the best quote that they would probably say right about now, and he would probably say, um, no, not that. They would probably say, do Go to hell! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. But Todd, All right, again, a pleasure as always. You have a good night, and we'll talk to you soon. You do the same. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Folks, that was the one, the only, the third member of the family, to be honest with you, uh, Todd Johnstone, who, um, you know, early on in the show, Pure Gold would give us his Todd's take. He'd give us the sports updates. I do remember those times as I sit back in the old office, the old studio down here in my basement, have our homes. Yes, Mike Francesa, we are out of our homes. And if I could find that clip, we might play that one time. Um, So hold on a second, folks. Mike Francesa, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Um, hold on. There it is. And we out of your homes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we are out of our homes again. Once again, we're playing, you know, we're going retro style. We're going back to old school. We're going back to the times of when we're doing our shows from each other's homes. We're not even in the same office or the same room, which is crazy. And, you know, Mike Francesa might say this about the Mets. He might say this about the... Uh, the Jets, you might even say this about pure gold, but hey, Mike, you're entitled to your opinion, but I know what you're about to say. Mistake! Oh, wait. Are you talking about us, the Mets? What are your thoughts about the Mets, Mike? Mistake! Um, what are your thoughts about the WWE? Mistake! Um, your thoughts on Boomer and Carton? 